Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Mel. I'm Janet. And I'm Michelle. September is often a busy month. It's back to school, Labor Day, the end of summer, and the beginning of fall. And apparently, now also the time to start prepping for Thanksgiving and Christmas. If anyone has been visiting retail stores, you'll notice they seem to have things out early this year. September is also the closing of one of my personal favorite times of the year, wedding season! I am so excited for today's episode because we get to talk about weddings. Today, we've invited a very special guest to guide us through this conversation. Yes, Michelle has been a wedding planner and consultant for over 10 years in the Southern California region. She founded her own event planning and design studio, Somni Events, in 2019 with the mission of producing timeless events that also feel authentic to the couple. She believes that with proper guidance, planning a wedding shouldn't feel overwhelming and stressful, and the planning process and experience should be just as enjoyable as the wedding day itself. She is also my wedding planner. Hello. <laughs> And she is such a joy to work with. Please welcome to the Asian Boss Girl podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here to share any tips, any insight, and just any questions your listeners have regarding wedding planning. We are so excited to have you on. And for today's episode, we've gathered some questions from our Instagram community to ask you. We'll break it down into the categories of guest list, cultural, because we're ABG, <laughs> planning, budget, the wedding itself, challenges that people face, and some post-wedding questions as well. Sounds great. Let's get started. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a question I've been having on my list for my imaginary wedding for some time, and this relates to guest lists. So, Michelle, um, someone asked, how to navigate balance between budget, your preferred guest list, and quote-unquote obligatory guests that your parents or older relatives insist on having to attend? 
you know, your, your overseas relatives you barely know, or random people's plus ones, etc. From the point of view of Asian culture and children of immigrants. Yeah, this is actually a really good question. We get asked by this question all the time. <laughs> I think creating your guest list is one of the very first steps in planning a wedding, you know, before you book a venue, before you hire a wedding planner. And you've probably heard that you know, the more people you have, the more money you'll spend. And, and it's really true because when you add up all the food, the bar, the flowers, the table setting, chair rentals, the per person cost really is quite high. With that being said, it's really important to control your guest count, especially if you're on your budget. Um, in terms of dealing with your parents and the people that they want to invite, I think it's really important to have a conversation and manage their expectations from the very beginning. Um, so you can let them know that you know, you've allocated an X number of guests for them or an X number of tables for them. That way you don't break your bank um, and break your budget down the road. And this will also avoid a lot of miscommunication and, and headache just planning your wedding. After you've had a conversation um, with your parents, it's important to create an A-list and a B-list. So create an A-list of people you absolutely cannot imagine without. Then create a B-list of those people you would love to have but would be willing to cut due to budget and venue capacity. And keep in mind that most venues have capacity cutoffs at around 50 guest increments. So if your guest count is between 150 to 175, you might want to opt for venues that have a 200 guest capacity. Um, regarding plus ones, um, there's really no one rule that applies to all. You know, I think generally it's very good etiquette to offer plus ones for your guests. But let's say if you have a group of college friends and they all know each other and you just don't have the capacity to offer them plus ones, that might be okay since they you know, all know each other and they can set together. But let's say if you have a coworker coming to the wedding that doesn't know anyone else, I think it would be good etiquette to offer him or her a plus one. Mm, okay, we talk about this <laughs> a lot. The whole plus one question. We talk about this a lot. Yes. <laughs> and I'm always like, are you sure? sure you want that for your guests. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, what is that? I think we like all three have come to this conclusion that plus ones for someone who is just starting to date someone, like how long of a period of time should they be dating that person for you to invite them? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's no one answer to this. I think the important thing is to stay consistent throughout. Mm. So the rule that you set for this friend should also be the rule that you set for the other friend. Mm. Um, I know some couples are like, if you're not engaged, you can't bring a date. Um, so are like, if you've dated for over a year, you can bring them. So, you know, it's, it's not so much about the rule that you said, but just making sure you stay consistent throughout. Mm. Doesn't matter if there's a title associated with this person. <laughs> Asking for a friend. If there's like, if they're defined boyfriend and girlfriend, or does it matter that they're, they've just been dating each other for a year, but they haven't DTR to find the relationship for themselves yet? Yeah, I would say most couples generally allow a plus ones once a title has been established mm. um again this goes back to you know if that friend doesn't know anyone at the wedding mm. it would be nice to offer them a plus one so they have someone to hang out with right so they're mm. just not sitting at a table with complete strangers and not knowing what to talk about um but again you know this is completely up to you and where you draw the line Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, along the same vein of the last question, say you have 200 people on your A-list. You love them all. You're excited for all of them to be at your wedding, but your wallet says mm -mm, you can't afford 50 of the A-list guests that you have. If you needed to, what is the first step in cutting back on the guest list, especially if you have a lot of friends and family? Yeah. Um, so in terms of 
you know, uh, when we talk about extended family, um, distant relatives or cousins, you want to make sure you pick a specific degree that you'll go out to and stick to it. So for example, maybe you invite all of your first cousins, but not your second cousins. Maybe you invite family members you see every year or every other year, but don't invite the ones you see every five years. Again, setting these rules for yourself would just make the cutting process much easier. Um, in terms of friends and colleagues, I think a common rule that some people go by is, you know, have we hung out or had a meal with this person in the last year? Mm. Or can we see ourselves hanging out with this person in the coming year after our wedding? Are we certain that we're going to be close to this person in five years, in 10 years? So these are just some questions to ask for yourself when you're cutting down your guest list. Mm. Is Helen kind of, are you going through your list right now? I'm like, mm, okay, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. I, yes, I am. <laughs> Some of these points, I'm like, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Michelle says it's okay. Listen back to the episode, y'all. This is why you were cut. <laughs> yeah, another tip too. Like, let's say you have a lot of guests with children mm. and kids. Maybe you want to consider making an adult-only wedding and, mm-hmm. you know, have them leave the kids at home. I think a lot of parents would actually appreciate to have a night off as long mm. as they have ample time to make preparations. So if you have any out-of-town guests, uh, maybe you can provide a list of babysitters in the area, and this usually goes a long way. Mm. Oh, very good That's tip a nice there. detail. Yeah, I appreciate that you're, you approach, you're creating like rules and systems and an approach for this. So it makes sense that you're saying the most important thing is just to be consistent. Consistent. So like set the rule yeah, and then just apply that. Yeah, exactly. Because I think, you know, once you start making an exception for one person or mm. there's a great area or there's confusion, I think this is when feelings could get hurt. Mm. But if you have, you know, a consistent plan, you have rules set in place and it's just much easier for you to like, oh, this person stays. Oh, this person mm. goes. <laughs> nice. Our next question comes from a listener um, about their cultural component for a wedding. She asks, how do I balance multiple cultural traditions for a wedding? I am Vietnamese, but my partner is Korean. How do I fit all of the ceremonies into one day or one weekend? Or maybe should I not at all? Yeah, very, very good question. Um, so I think we can approach this in a one or two ways. Um, first is to have all of the multiple cultural traditions on your wedding day on the same day, but trim down each element of it. So not doing a full length of each of the traditions. Or if you want to have the full tradition, maybe splitting that into two separate days. So for example, if we go the first route, um, let's say we have a Vietnamese tea ceremony, maybe you can serve tea to just your parents instead of having all of your uncles and um, aunts there. Um, and then for your pebic ceremony, maybe we can shorten this to just 15 to 20 minutes instead of the full 30 to 40 minutes. Um, and just also keep in mind too, you know, once we have a longer day, you might also want to consider adding additional coverage for your photographer, your videographer, um, your makeup artist sometimes charges an early bird fee if they have to start before 7am. So just keep in mind of these additional costs that may incur when you have a longer day. Um, I think one of uh, my past weddings, we actually included the tea ceremony as part of their Western ceremony. And I actually love this idea because it saved a lot of time. And it also served dual purpose because in a Western ceremony, a lot of times we have this uh, parents' appreciation. So by having the tea ceremony, we kind of, you know, mm. kill two birds with one stone a little bit. Um, 
Now, if we want to go the second route where, you know, after you speak with your parents and they're like, no, we have to have, you know, a tea ceremony for all the relatives, we have to have a traditional pebic ceremony, then maybe it's good to split into two different days. Maybe we do your ceremony rehearsal followed by a traditional tea ceremony on Friday. Maybe we have your wedding day with a pebic ceremony during the cocktail hour or a dinner reception. So kind of splitting the events up so you don't feel as rushed and you can actually enjoy the process of each part oh mm. that is great advice i love all these like tidbits <laughs> like eventually noting every single thing um, <laughs> the next question is probably something i would ask you too michelle because mm-hmm. i feel this pressure somewhat but how do you balance family and parents expectations and advice for your wedding with your own personal wants and needs for your wedding we'd love to know your thoughts especially coming from an api perspective where there could be a lot of where there could be lots of family oversight and opinions. And the reason why I am very curious about this is because I'm already starting the wedding discussion with my mom, despite not yeah. being engaged. And she's made it very clear to me. She's like, your wedding is also a celebration for me. Like it's yeah. her, it's part of, it's a her, it's a big event for her. So I'm just like, yeah. oh, how do you balance everything out? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think coming from an Asian background, it's culturally instilled in us that weddings are for our parents as much as they are for us, right? It's about joining of two families and not just about the bride and groom. Um, I think, however, it's so important to know where to draw the line and set the expectation from the very beginning. Um, I truly believe that your wedding, at the end of the day, it's still about you and your partner celebrating the love and commitment in front of all your loved ones, right? So because of that belief, I think your wedding day should still feel like it's you. It should still reflect your values. It should still uh, speak to what's important to you. Um, With that being said, it doesn't mean that your parents or your relatives, it doesn't mean that they can't be uh, participating. Um, If they want to be involved, you can definitely delegate smaller parts of the wedding to them so that they feel like they're contributing and their opinion matters. So, for example, um, I know we talked about having some type of cultural ceremony, whether it's on the same day or the day before. Maybe um, going around and greeting all the tables during reception is important to to them. Uh, maybe having a bilingual MC to translate all the key moments of the wedding is important to them. There are definitely smaller areas where you can accommodate your parents without sacrificing the big picture and overall feel of the wedding, if that makes sense. Mm, these are really great tips. I want to ask you about makeup. I think personally for me, I don't know if it's because I'm Asian and sometimes my makeup artists have not been or because I have like only one way of doing my makeup and the only way that I've liked it. But Mm -hmm. I have never loved my makeup when it's done by someone else, Mm -hmm. like never. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of brides, Asian brides on their Mm -hmm. wedding day. Are brides generally happy with their makeup? How do you recommend people to choose a makeup artist? Yeah, I mean, the number one tip I can give surrounding makeup and hair is to always, if possible, schedule a makeup and hair trial run before the wedding day. If you need it, you can do one, you can do two. You know, if you're really particular about the style that you want, maybe do a couple of different trial runs. Um, I think this will ensure that you and the artist are on the same page and that there's no surprises on the wedding day. And if there are any tweaks, um, this can be done prior to your wedding day as well. Um, oftentimes, brides will book this the same day as their engagement session just to see how it looks on camera and if the makeup and hair will actually last throughout the day. Um, in terms of picking your style, I think 
it's really important to kind of just gravitate what your usual style is. How do you usually do your makeup and hair? If you know you traditionally don't really wear makeup or wear very light makeup,、um, then maybe you want to. Look for an artist that is a more of like a natural and soft glam look. If you wear, you know, heavier makeup with more contouring, with you know, have heavier lashes, then maybe something you need something a little bit more obvious than、uh, a soft makeup look. So just kind of going with what your personal style is and choosing and filtering down your makeup artist from there.、Mm-hmm. I also want to note an interesting fact is、um, I think it's funny Helen's asking this question because、uh, I also agree I never had really good a、uh, makeup artist for weddings mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.、Um, Helen's also asking because I think at her sister's wedding they the makeup artist asks how do you want to look and she says I want to look like J Lo <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that I mean that is also important we want to set you know. Realistic expectations for the makeup <laughs> artist as well. You know, let's say,、um, and it doesn't mean that you can't pick a celebrity, but maybe pick an Asian celebrity、mm, that has yeah, similar features, yeah, or、yes. you know that that would definitely help. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would suggest for anyone out there who is Asian, not, <laughs> <laughs> not look good. <laughs> Yeah, and just show them as many photos as you can.、Mm-hmm. You know, like this is the higher hairstyle that I like. You can show them different inspiration photos, and and makeup artists, you know, they're all professionals. They would be able to pick up what you like, what you、mm-hmm. don't like, and kind of create that look for you on on the wedding day. And of course, doing the trial runs really helps too. Yeah,、mm-hmm. those are great insights, Michelle. Awesome. So the next topic is going to be planning, and I think this question is probably I would want to say it's probably top three question that a lot of people have when、mm-hmm. considering weddings. So, what is con- what is covered under a wedding planner? What things can I do myself versus what the wedding planner can do to ease costs? Yeah, very good question. So I think before we get started, we kind of have to differentiate、uh, the terminology: what a wedding coordinator is versus a wedding planner.、Mm-hmm. So a wedding coordinator is someone that handles the day of and month of coordination, and they're usually not part of the planning process at all.、Uh, versus a wedding planner, whether it's partial or full planning, they are involved in the planning process and. Most of the time, they will also be your wedding coordinator on the wedding day as well.、Um, I would say most wedding planners offer different planning packages. Some wedding planners only offer full services. Some wedding planners or coordinators only offer coordination services.、Um, to give you an idea, at Somni events, we actually offer four different services. So we have the month of coordination, we have partial planning, we have full planning, and we have all weekend planning. And by all weekend planning, I mean.、Um, Um, you know, if you're having a destination wedding where you have a lot of guests come from, coming from out of town, and you need assistance in maybe like a welcome dinner or a post-wedding farewell brunch, that is something that we offer as well. Now, to answer your question about you know、um, what you can do and what you、uh, need to hire,、um, I think at the bare minimum you want to hire at least a wedding coordinator. You want you know someone to be your point of contact for the wedding, for all the vendors, for all the family members, and all the wedding party.、Uh, someone who will be there to oversee all the setup and the cleanup, and who will run the show so that you don't have to worry about a single thing for the wedding.、Um, the last thing you want is really to have a florist call you and ask where you want all the flowers to go, or for a caterer to ask you know what time you want the champagne poured. 
you know these are things that you don't want to worry about on your wedding day and you should just leave it to a professional um, and something to know about that too it's you know you probably don't want to ask a family member mm-hmm. or a friend to do this because it really is stressful and I'm sure you want them to enjoy your wedding day as well if you know they're close to you so just leave it to a professional now if we're talking about um, should you hire a wedding planner? Let's say, you know, you already know you want to hire a, a wedding coordinator. The question is, do I need help in the planning process? I think some important things to think about are time. How much time do you have to allocate for the wedding planning? You know, are you in between jobs where you have some extra time to do all of the researching, the budgeting, the booking, the designing? Or are you getting slammed at work where you really need someone to guide you through the planning process? Um, I think most people don't realize that planning a wedding really is a full-time job. Um, so it's important to know what tasks you can take on yourself and what you should allocate and outsource. Okay. Um, another key point to think about is your venue type. You know, um, does your venue require a wedding planner that is more than a day of or month of? Um, what is the type of venue that your wedding will be held? If it's an all-inclusive venue where it already has caterer, it already has bar, tables, chairs, rentals, and you're planning on using mostly everything in-house, then maybe you can get away with just a month of coordination. But if you're getting married at, let's say, a blank canvas venue where you have to build a kitchen on site, you have to bring in generators for power, you have to bring in portable restrooms, bring in all the tables and chairs and pretty much build the venue yourself, I would highly, highly suggest hiring a full service planner for this type of event. I think it's just going to save you so much time. It's going to save you so much money um, in securing the caterer, you know, with all the equipment that they need, like the number of stoves, the number of plates and glassware and flatware, because they already have the experience in dealing with this type of events. Um, so I think these are, you know, two very important things to think about in terms of if you should hire a wedding planner. Um, I think overall, the key point is that I think overwhelm comes from not having a clear plan and staying organized and also decision fatigue, right? So the good thing about having a planner is that anything you don't want to make a decision for, you can simply ask your planner to make it for you. Um, I think having a wedding planner is like almost like a wedding concierge service. Someone is always there to provide guidance and always there to be your sounding board. Mm. Dang. Mm. Sold. Very Sold. Good. I want that service. <laughs> <laughs> I want the yeah, Seriously. Everything. All of it. Michelle, has this year been insane for you in terms of weddings just because of like COVID and all of that? Yeah. I think starting half of 2021, actually, you know, once um, things were starting to open up, all all events were starting to open up and i think everyone who has been planning their wedding was excited to get kind of get started on it so essentially we're having two years of weddings in one um so it's been very very busy (laughs) oh my goodness okay wow (laughs) okay so someone wrote in and asked what should i be focusing on with one month left until the wedding getting married this october basically what should be remaining in the last month leading up to the wedding yeah hopefully you know by now you should have all the planning already done you should probably have a month of coordinator hired if you don't have one already um but things to think about just making sure that all of your vendors your venue everyone has the most updated copy of everything whether that is the final timeline final guest list 
making sure all of your final invoices reflect your final count. Do you have the correct number of centerpieces booked with your floors? Do you have the correct number of flatware booked with your rental company? You know, so just making sure all the um, I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. Okay, and um, another thing is to purchase all the wedding items that you need for the wedding day. So this could be your signage, it could be your welcome sign, guest book, escort cards, menus, cake stand. Um, I usually advise my clients to have everything completed one to two weeks before their wedding. And that way, you know, it gives them some time to relax and take it all in before the wedding day. And, you know, especially if you have family visiting from out of town, the last thing you want to do is to be running around town finding different things to buy. Yeah, most definitely. So basically, it's like most everything should be pretty complete by that last month and you're just exactly. trying to finalize exactly. all the details. Right, just confirm and double confirm. Great to know. <laughs> Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swathers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swathers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swathers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Our next set of questions are around budget. So I know this is a hot topic. Some of our listeners may have been planning for this all of their life and saving. Some maybe didn't anticipate. Um, and there's also the, you know, the other factor of the external market of weddings in general, which is actually what our next listener is writing in about. Um, this listener has observed that uh, there has been a huge inflation in wedding costs, and she wants to know, are there tricks to getting around these costs? Uh, after COVID, prices seem to have shot up like crazy. She says, my friend's weddings from just a couple of years ago were around 30 to 40K, 
And now it seems like everyone is spending like 50 to 60K on average. Yeah, I mean, with the pandemic, you know, inflation is just, is, is a very real thing. And that includes the weddings and events industry as well. You know, with the increased cost in products, labor and gas, it's, it's just not possible for things to cost the same as pre-pandemic. Um, however, there are definitely some tips I can provide to help with budgeting in general for weddings. Um, first is to be flexible with your wedding day. So maybe choose an off season like January or February or go with a Friday or Sunday instead of a Saturday. You know, raise for off season and and Fridays and Sundays are generally cheaper than a Saturday. So just be flexible with your wedding date. Um, the second point is uh, simplify your guest count. I know we touched upon this earlier too, but this really goes a long way. Um, you may not see a difference from five to 10 guests, but if you, let's say if you trim down 40 to 50, you really do see an impact. Okay. Um, three, choose a venue that's naturally beautiful. Maybe um, choosing a venue that already has, you know, beautiful trees and planters and gardens so that you don't need to do too much to it. Um, and as well as all inclusive venue. So choosing a venue that already includes all, of, you know, the caterer, the bar, the rentals, but also help with budgeting as well. Um, the next point um, is book your venue and vendors early. I think most venues and vendors, they raise their rates by each calendar year. So if you're getting married in 2024, make sure you reach out and lock down their 2023 rates. Um, another thing is to go paperless. You know, instead of spending thousands of dollars in wedding stationery and wax seals and stamps, maybe just send out digital save the dates uh, or invitations if that is not a priority for you on the wedding. Um, Last thing, and I think that's actually the most important thing, is to just simplify or opt out of things that are meaningful to you. Um, I think in this day and age, budgeting for a wedding is really, really hard. And I think couples are faced with images and write-ups of dream weddings that just don't match up to their realities, right? So most couples, they don't have an unlimited amount of budget to spend on everything they want. Um, so I think it's really important to dial in your priorities and just let the rest go. So I would choose maybe three to four things that are really important to you as a couple. Um, this could be top shelf liquor and food. It could be entertainment and live band. It could be flowers and decor. It could be hiring a really high-end film photographer. You know, it could be choosing a venue with a beautiful ocean view. Whatever it is, this is where you would allocate most of your wedding budget on because you value them the most. Um, anything outside of these three to four priorities can be dialed back, it can be simplified, or just even left out completely. I think the best way to save money in any scenario is to just skip it. <laughs> mm. I love that you provided more very like specific guidance and how to go about doing that. So this is great. Yeah. Has anyone ever done a Wednesday wedding? Yes, we, we are actually getting quite a few weekday weddings. Oh. So your Wednesdays, Thursdays, um, sometimes Mondays because it kind of, you know, continues from that weekend. So yes, mm. the weekday weddings are definitely trendy and they will save you a lot of money. Ah. Interesting. Good to know. Yes, Phil kept joking about a Wednesday wedding when we first started wedding planning. Yes, and I'm still kind of pushing for that. <laughs> if <Yeah>. you can. <laughs> That'd be fun. 
Uh, our next question is also around budgeting, but more on the sustainability side. So she said, weddings can be incredibly wasteful considering it's typically just a one-day celebration. Any suggestions on emerging trends towards more sustainability and cutting back on waste, such as food or decorations? Yeah, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I think this is something that we should definitely be talking about more as an industry. Um, there's so much work that goes into wedding planning, and I think we easily forget about the environmental impact that it has. Uh, but I think making your wedding eco-friendly doesn't have to be an extra task. It can actually be something simple as, you know, going paperless, as I previously mentioned. Um, maybe not just for save the dates. Maybe it's also um, applying to wait, wedding day stationery. So like cutting out programs, menus. Uh, maybe if you still want to have information for these guests, um, you can have QR codes kind of around the mm -hmm. wedding for guests to scan instead of printing a copy for every single guest. Um, so going paperless. Um, second thing we, should, we can think about is travel. Um, think about how far your guests will be traveling to the wedding location and how they're getting there. Maybe picking a location where it would require the least amount of travel for you and your guests. Just imagine if you have to drive three hours to a site visit every time. That's a lot of waste and carbon emission, right? So keeping travel in mind um, when we when we're thinking about eco-friendly wedding. Um, things around food and drinks, you know, I think we can speak with your caterer and pick seasonal and local ingredients for your wedding menu. Um, I think you can maybe opt for glassware instead of disposable cups for your water station and bar. Uh, maybe you can choose bite-sized hors d'oeuvres that don't require any napkins or skewers or plastic trays. So little things like that, you know, we can make adjustments in terms of food and drinks. When we talk about decor, um, I think similar to food, you can ask your florist if uh, they can source local and seasonal florals. Um, you can ask them what flowers are in season. And if the flowers that you absolutely love are not in season, maybe ask them if they can incorporate some faux flowers or dry flowers to replace you know, real flowers. Um, you can also check if they partner with any agencies that donate leftover flowers to nursing homes. We've done mm -hmm. this uh, a couple of our weddings, which, which you know, always worked out really well. Um, for one of my upcoming weddings, we're actually doing all potted plants and herb bundles as centerpieces oh, instead of like floral arrangements. And that way guests can just take them home after the wedding. So all in all, I think it's, you know, just important to think through your event, think through your wedding day and just identify places where you can make a more environmental friendly choice. Mm. Mm. I love that. That's so, yeah, that, that definitely has me thinking about different things to to start incorporating. Like, I feel like we've grown up thinking about the, or even attending weddings from our aunties and, you know, seeing what a, a wedding should look like. Yeah. Or, and I remember there was always a little uh, present, like on your, on yes, your plate. Your favors. Right. Mm -hmm. Your favors, your mm -hmm. party favors. And then that slowly started going away. Yeah. Like, where'd my party favor go? But yeah. at the same time, I always forgot to take them home. So exactly. it's like, maybe we don't need those yeah. at our wedding. Yeah. Honestly, favors is probably the one thing I would suggest cutting if you're on a budget mm. or if you want to have an eco-friendly wedding. There are so many favors that get left behind after the wedding, mm. um, unless you're providing something maybe edible or something that the guests can use right away. Most of the time, they are left behind at the wedding. Mm. Good yeah. To know. Okay. <laughs> yes. Along the same question, what is something that couples regret spending their money on or something that they could have done without? You know, after the wedding is done, they come to yeah, you and they're like, <laughs> why did we spend so much money on this one thing? 
Exactly. So I think this goes back to our previous point about setting your priorities.、Um, I think if you don't value something and you spend a large amount of money on something, you're probably going to regret it. So, for example, if you don't really care for videography and you end up spending eight thousand dollars on a videographer, you'll probably regret it afterwards. You know, same for flowers. If flowers are not important to you to begin with, and you end up paying over ten thousand dollars for them, you'll probably regret that too. So,、mm. most of the time, I would. Say when couples choose to splurge on elements that are meaningful to them, they usually think they're worth it.、Mm. Okay.、Yeah. What are like the top three things that people have said? Oof! Wish I did not spend on that. Yeah, I mean, favors is definitely something that we we talked about.、Um, I would say stationery. So like. Um, mm. Printed invitations, save the dates,、um, flowers. I do get some of my couples too.、Uh, you know, in terms of flowers, we can also maybe opt out personal flowers for bridesmaids and groomsmen.、Mm. You know, it doesn't mean that these are traditionally done, and you have to do that for your wedding. You can. Customize. You can pick and choose what are important to you,、um, and have it make sense for you. So our last question、um, in this category, Michelle, relates to the visual component of a wedding. Now we all know that with you know Instagram culture and like you said, all of the access that we have now to seeing all the different types of ways that people host a wedding, it can be really overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. So our listener wants to know if you have any tips on how to choose your wedding color palette. Um, or how to just approach wedding design in general. At Somni events, we specialize in more of an understated aesthetics that feels clean, feels effortless.、Um, I like to usually approach design in a very organic way, working with each space and element to highlight their attributes and diminish their imperfections. Now, when we're talking about、um, designing a wedding, let's say you don't have a full service planner to guide you through the process, I would just follow a, a, a few steps in starting out.、Um, first is choosing your style and theme. So,、um, whether this is modern and minimal, whether this is classic and elegant, lush and romantic, rustic, Art Deco, whatever it is,、um, choosing that style would definitely help、um, set the tone for the rest of the planning. Second is choosing your wedding venue. So this is quite a, a critical step because your venue is going to be the centerpiece of your decor. It will be the first thing that your guests will see.、Um, it's going to be the driving force in some, if not most, of your design decisions.、Mm. Uh, when we are, you know, looking for a, a venue, it's important to. Take advantage of all the beautiful features that the venue already offers,、um, whether that's plants, gardens, you know, statues, beautiful rooms with beautiful colors,、uh, vignettes and furnitures. Maybe it has a stunning view of the mountains or the lake.、Um, it's important to really work with the space and enhance it rather than distract it by bringing something completely different. Um, you might also want to consider any metals, any wood, any tiles, and how that's all going to work together with the rest of your design. Let's say if everything in your venue is very dark, deep mahogany wood,、um, you probably don't want a light gray washed wooden bar.、Um, I'm saying that everything has to be matchy matchy, and in fact, we don't want it to. But they do need to complement one another, and everything needs to feel cohesive.、Hmm. Once you have the theme and your venue chosen, the next step is to choose your wedding colors.、Um, I would say to choose between three to five different colors,、um, and this, in combination with the two, previous two things, will 
be almost like a filter system to let you know what goes and what doesn't. Um, let's say if you're having trouble in picking your colors, I would usually go with colors that you naturally gravitate towards. So for example, if you love wearing blue, maybe you can pick a shade of blue. Uh, if you usually like neutrals and blush in your home decor, uh, maybe go with that. So choosing something you naturally already like, um, usually something that you won't regret down the road. Um, in terms of just general design tips, I would say don't start your design process too early. A lot of engagements are now 18 months to 24 months even, and that's a long time to be making these design decisions. Um, so if you're shopping for something today, but your wedding isn't until 18 months from now, it's very likely that your taste will change along the way. So that's something that you want to be careful about. Um, if you're in the group of the longer engagement period, I would just encourage starting design process a little bit closer to the wedding. Uh, for example, I usually start the design process with my clients around six to eight months out uh, from their wedding day. Yeah. Uh, last tip on design is, you know, as Janet mentioned that with the social media these days, the amount of photos and reels that you see on TikTok, on Instagram, on Pinterest, it's really easy to get lost in all of the small design details. Um, so it's important from time to time to just take a step back and visualize the big picture. Focus mm. on you know what you're really trying to achieve here and what your overall vision is. Um, and that would help with all of the decision fatigue and the small details that you have to make. That's wonderful. I loved your your tip about the color palette. I never thought about. I always hear people thinking about, oh, depending on the season that my wedding's happening, what what colors work with that. But you're right. If the ceremony is about you and your partner, it should be reflective of your personality. That's a great tip. Yeah. Yeah, and and something you know, sometimes couples have colors that are meaningful to them. So for one mm. of our clients, um, Lakers is, is mm. you know something that they both absolutely love. So for their wedding theme, we did gold and purple. You know, and it doesn't mean that they have to be tacky or you know things don't go. We can still make it a very cohesive and and elegant way. So you know, depending on what your color scheme is, I'm sure you can definitely make it work. Just depending on the things that you choose. I think even looking, so we're recording Michelle right now. She's like a background and I see like the touches of pink and yellow. She has this beautiful like table setting. So I could see how you do like the Lakers theme in an elegant way. I feel like yeah. I've seen my, one of a mutual friend of mine is like a big Disney fan, but they did Disney in a not so elegant way. So it's nice. To, <laughs> she made yeah, all that. No, I think it, <laughs> I think it can easily go wrong mm. when you start adding too many components, which is why it's just, you know, dial back and see, just pick a couple components that are important to you. Don't pick too many colors. Um, that's why we say three to five usually is, is that good rule of thumb. Mm. I'm curious who you were yeah. talking about and what wedding you're talking about. Helen's like, I know that wedding. <laughs> no, this is like a mutual friend of someone else that had new, like probably back in high school. I'm scared to say it because what they know it's from high school, but I think this is like a Disney theme and all the bridesmaids wear dresses that were representative of a Disney princess, but the colors were really harsh. Mm. And I was like, oh, interesting. But anyways, those are my opinions. Yeah. Do you remember when you went bridal shopping for Helen and there was like a rack of Disney inspired dresses? Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all yes. I'm thinking about right now. It's just yeah. bridesmaids wearing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not so much, yeah. but... Um, <laughs> The next question is just surrounding wedding in general. And this is something I, okay, my explore page on Instagram is literally all wedding content. And I'm seeing, like, I have different opinions on first looks. 
Because I think some brides are like, oh, I want the first time for my partner to see me, so I'm walking down the aisle. Another time, yeah. they want to capture the first moment privately for the video and for the for the photos. But what are your thoughts on first looks? Yeah, I think if you're a client of mine, you know that I always suggest a first look. Um, I think most couples appreciate that they can do this in private instead of waiting for the moment down the aisle. I think especially the grooms, actually. Um, I think when you're in front of so many people, it's hard to express your true emotions and you're trying to stay composed. And sometimes that become really awkward. So it's it's just nice to do such a sentimental moment in, in private. Um, and especially if we're talking about, you know, having a lot really large wedding party um, it's important to do a first look so you can get all of your portraits with um, your partner and with your wedding party out of the way um, that way you know you, you can really enjoy your cocktail hour you can enjoy refreshments you can have a break or you can um, you know mingle with your guests at the cocktail and actually spend time with your guests if you don't do a first look all those portraits would need to be done in that 60 minute of cocktail hour which could feel really rushed um and also you know you just miss out your entire cocktail hour mm. mel what were your thoughts on the first look i was i i wasn't sure which one to go with because um i you're like i want that that raw emotion seeing my my husband on yeah. the aisle but at the same time i you're told it makes sense because i don't want the pressure of like because even for me, I'm always like, what is a, what is the groom? Like, what is he, what's his reaction going to be? And I feel that is a lot of pressure yeah. to have. Um, I have a follow-up question because I'm seeing another trend is, um, I know a lot of couples now are also doing private vows. So mm-hmm. not doing the vows in front of the, in front of the crowd because they want it to be intimate. Like, what are your thoughts yeah. on that too? Yeah. Um, I think if generally you're a more private couple and you want to do this in private, totally fine. Um, I do know that most guests, wedding guests attending the wedding, they love to hear your vows just because they, you know, they want to witness your love story. They want to know how you met. They want to know, you know, all the quirks and relationship. Um, So, you know, if you're not a shy couple and you don't mind doing your vows in front of everyone, then I'd say go for it. But today, if you feel uncomfortable, you feel like you can't really express your thoughts in front of all 150 guests, then keep it private. Mm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I feel like there are so many COVID catch-up weddings this year and probably scheduled for next year too, like you were mentioning earlier, Michelle. What are some wedding trends that you see coming up in 2023? Yeah, um, some trends that we've been seeing in 2022 and that we think will probably continue in 2023 um, are you know, the focus and guest experience. So maybe having um, interactive entertainment, maybe that's a life artist drawing or having a fortune teller or tarot card reading. Um, Uh, Maybe that is incorporating some type of specialty cocktail bar, Um, you know, maybe instead of a standard wedding bar or on top of standard wedding bar, you have.
have something that feels more bespoke, custom, specialized. Maybe it's a vodka, a flavor vodka bar, a mocktail bar for any guests that don't drink. You know, special tequila bar. Let's say you both really love tequila. So having some sort of、um, specialized bar other than your standard cocktail bar has been really popular.、Um, another thing is colors. We're seeing a lot of colors. We're seeing our, you know, clients embracing and having、uh, playful colors in their weddings.、Um, I think neutrals no longer just mean white and ivory. They now include, you know, green. They now include earth tones, so something that is a little bit more fun and、um, less muted.、Mm. Yeah, and another thing, actually, we've been seeing a lot, and I think we'll continue to see,、um, is the focus in place settings and simplified flowers. So you know, maybe spending less on the actual lush centerpieces in the middle, but focusing more on. Fun textured plates and prism glassware, and using other elements on the table to add to the decor rather than just the flowers.、Mm, love that. <laughs> Our next question comes from a listener who is feeling a bit of anxiety around her wedding planning, and she just feels like she must be forgetting something.、Um, so to kind of ease her nerves, Michelle,、uh, could you share?、Mm-hmm. Uh, from your personal experience in working with clients, what have been some of the biggest challenges or surprises that、uh, couples have had in the planning process? Yeah,、um, I think it's completely normal to feel anxious, you know, throughout during the wedding planning process, just because there's really a lot that goes on.、Um, but I think most challenges or surprises、um, that most people face come from、um, a place of lack of information and guidance, and you know, just doing it for the first time. And I think it's hard to ask the right questions when you don't know what questions to ask.、Um, some things that you may not think about, and you know, that you may not even ask. Would be、um, candles. You know, does your venue allow open flames, or、um, if so, does it require a fire permit from the city?、Um, this also ties in with sparklers. You know, let's say if you really want to have have sparklers for your grand exit, does the venue allow it, or should we work around and do cold sparklers instead? Another thing is contingency plans. So let's say if you have an all outdoor wedding, do you have a backup plan if it rains?、Mm. Do you need to rent or build a tent? Um, power, you know, something that we touched upon previously.、Uh, does you even have enough power to cover a band?、Uh, all the lighting, photo booth, all the kitchen appliances. Do you need a generator?、Um, another thing is AC. You know, does your venue have AC? That's something we think it's so basic, but not all venues have AC.、Mm. And this actually happened in my wedding last weekend, and we all know that it was. Triple digits. Oh my god! <laughs>、um, but we found out two months before that there is no AC included with the venue. So you know we were scrambling and finding an AC rental that would cover twenty five thousand of square footage of space. So you know,、um, just be prepared on different things that may pop up, and it, it happens. It's normal, and I think most importantly, it's important to have the mindset that. Something is bound to go wrong, and that's okay. Like maybe the menus don't arrive on time, or your guests show up thirty minutes later. Like those are all okay, as long as we don't forget why you're there to have a wedding in the first place. What is the craziest thing that、mm. you've had to deal with as a wedding planner? Yeah, I mean, I think the AC was definitely a first in my experience、mm. um, because usually if 
they don't have an AC, that's something that they would definitely let us know ahead of time. Um, But I think this venue being a relatively newer venue, um, they didn't really think to prepare all all their clients. Um, So I think that was definitely tricky and and something that I've never experienced before. Um, Another thing is, I think think rain, I mean, luckily in California, we don't get a lot of rain, but weather um, is always something that, you know, we continue to monitor um, and watch out for. Um, But just keep in mind too, if you're doing an all outdoor wedding and you don't have an indoor space, be prepared to spend some money because tenting is expensive, Mm. you know, Mm. so before you book an all outdoor venue, make sure you keep that in mind too. Mm. I have some (laughs) experiences that pop up because I was actually at a wedding. I won't say who it was really cold. It's unexpectedly cold for California and they didn't have heat lamps. And yeah. I think all the guests were freezing. And then I remember our food was like frozen. Like, like it started to get frozen over. And all of us were just like, all right, I think oh we're, we had, to, we still made the best out of it. But I remember like thinking like, oh man, yeah. you got to think about like, because LA is unpredictable sometimes with the weather. So I'm like, things come up. Ugh, yeah, but. you just never know. And the thing is, these are things that you don't have to plan for way ahead of time. Mm. You can mm-hmm. monitor this the week of the wedding. So if you feel like, you know, if the weather says it's going to be 50 degrees and it's entirely outdoors, then it, it might be a good idea to rent some, you know, heat lamps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, our yeah. next question is about post-wedding stuff. And I think, Michelle, you mentioned that your company offers this type of planning, which is great. Um, someone asked, how to plan out post-wedding events like a brunch or afternoon social? Currently torn on having brunch for family and afternoon for friends only, but not sure if that's realistic logistically or just have a brunch for everyone. Yeah, I would say if most of your guests are coming from out of town, it would be nice to host a post-wedding brunch of some sort or a farewell event. Uh, but I would say just combine your family, friends, everyone into one event. You know, after the wedding, you're probably pretty exhausted. You probably don't want to think about planning anymore. So whatever is easiest for you, um, maybe choosing a place that's not too far from your wedding venue where everyone uh, can travel to easily. Um, choosing something that's just make makes sense for you and that would be the least amount of work for you um i think the post-wedding event also gives you an opportunity to spend time with those that you didn't really get to at mm-hmm. the wedding so it's always nice to have that like second day um bonding experience with with the rest of your wedding guests mm-hmm. amazing any other questions ladies for michelle while we have her on here <laughs> i'll limit i'll limit this but um because you did mention how it's uh, good to book the vendors the year before they get the right price but when would you suggest a couple Mm -hmm. book their wedding planner i would say either before or after your wedding venue it's definitely one of the very first things you should do of course if you're thinking of hiring a month of coordinator then you can wait and do this a little bit later but if you're thinking of booking a full service planner, especially, you definitely want to start at the beginning stages of your planning. Um, And there are pros and cons uh, to do it before or after the venue too. Let's say if you book before the venue, the good thing about that is that your planner can help you do your venue search. They can filter down a list of locations Mm -hmm. that would be suitable based on your style or your budget. So that saves you a lot of time in doing researching on your own, right? Um, They can go on these site walkthroughs with you. They can help you negotiate a contract with the venue. They they to they can let you know what verbiage to look out for in your venue contract. So that's something mm. that's very useful and valuable in hiring a planner before you have a wedding venue. Um, 
I would say the time to do to hire your wedding planner after a wedding venue is if you are maybe on more of a budget and you still want a full service planner. Um, a lot of planners they offer a discount um, when you book them. You have a venue already, so that's something that you can save a little bit of cost in if you just search and um, book the venue yourself beforehand. But I would say around around that stage. Got it. I'm also asking because, like, hypothetically speaking, if I wanted to book you and your <laughs> wedding planning services, it seems like you're really busy. I'm, I don't want to be like, hey, Michelle, I'm ready to to help you help like help me plan my wedding. You're like, I'm booked out for three years. I'm just like, oh crap. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's why it's important to kind of at least reach out to them, let them know that you're interested in booking them. Um, even if you don't have a venue or date in mind yet, you can let them know, hey, I'm interested in you know April and May of next year or 2024. Do you still have some openings? And you can kind of gauge like how many more openings they have and, and, and go from there. But at least kind of keeping you on their radar. Got it. So like three, four years from now. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think this is Mel's official, yeah, calendar. her official <laughs> ask right now. <laughs> Mel's first in line for twenty twenty five. Five. Twenty twenty five. Five. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's a good year. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you so, so much, Michelle, for joining us on this podcast today. I feel like myself, Mel, and Janet, we could talk about weddings and fantasizing about weddings forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I love that you were able to ground us in reality and providing us extremely good insight of the wedding industry in general. Um, can you let our listeners know where to find you before Mel finds you. <laughs> I already found no. Michelle. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be, you're going to be super busy after this. How to contact you and reiterate what areas of the country you serve. Yeah. Um, the best place to find us and reach out to us is to fill out the inquiry form on our website. Our website is www.somnievents.com. You can also find all of our portfolio and past weddings on Instagram. We have a lot of our uh, recent weddings there in stories and posts. So that's a good place to see the type of style and the events that we do. Um, in, terms of, in terms of service area, we do service all over um, as long as you fly us out uh, and you know cover the travel for us we definitely can go anywhere in the world most of our clients um, are in the southern california region so you know la oc santa barbara san diego that would be kind of our our, our niches in terms of service amazing well i cannot wait for to continue talking to you because <laughs> yes. we're gonna plan my yeah. wedding soon lots so to talk about <laughs> lots to talk about awesome well thank you so much michelle for being with us today thank you so much for having me if you don't already please follow us on spotify subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review and share this episode with your friends you can also support us through monthly donations at anchor.fm slash asian support or get some merch at asianbossgirl.myshopify.com If you resonated with today's episode, let us know in the comments of our IG post. And if you'd like to put faces to our names, you can find us on YouTube, where we share vlogs, an audience Q&A segment called Dairy ABG, and much more. Our handle on both platforms is at Asian Boss Girl. If you'd like to send a shout out to a friend, check out our link tree and our link in bio on our Instagram and click on shout outs. And last but not least, thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all of her magic on our episodes, including this one. Before we end today, we want to let you all know that we've started new mini podcast shows that now release every Tuesday. Tune in to K-Dreaming with Mel, Living Well with Janet, and Spill the Baby Tea with Helen. Each week we'll release a new episode from one of the shows right here on the Asian Boss Girl feed. So be sure to tune in to us on Tuesdays and Thursdays from now on. And with that, we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye! Bye.